Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Uh, Pastor Jonathan is speaking at our our Clearly campus today, and uh, Dr. Van was with us in the first service, and uh, I gave the congregation there the chance to congratulate because he's not only PhD, he's grandpa. Yeah, yeah, Jenna had a little baby girl. Now be praying. Born very early, very premature, but already has doubled their weight. And uh, my friend, Pastor Van, was smiling away today, so I knew, knew things were going well. But say Pastor Jonathan was here, and he said, all right, let's divide into two groups. How many want your life to have a, a lasting impact? Lasting fruitfulness is what you want from your life. And you know, you want your friendships to last, you want your money to last. You want to, you know, what you do as far as even your work in this world to, to outlive you. Uh, you know, if that's you, go to the balcony. If you're online, go to the chat room. How many of the balcony and the, uh, and the online chat room will be full? Because the other option would be to, how many want your life to be an unstable failure? You want your friendships to collapse, you want your money to run out, and you want your work world to just be something that doesn't amount to much at the end of your life. Now, we we all want lasting impact. Well, Well, Jesus told a story where he said, you people that are listening to me are in one of those two groups. You're either in a group that's gonna have lasting fruitfulness or a group that's gonna end up as an unstable failure. Now, it's not surprising to us that Jesus would use a building story to get those truths across to those two groups of people. Because as we've seen earlier in this series, Jesus apprenticed with his uh, Jewish father in the first century culture of that time. In Nazareth, Jesus the carpenter. That's why he's called a carpenter. Greek word tecton, the builder. And uh, so a lot of the stories that Jesus told came from his 18 years of building before he went into his three years of public ministry at the age of 30. And one of those stories is told. You can find it on page 54 of your Jesus Project book, Luke 6, 46. And uh, now, you need to know this before we read it, though. Jesus has just been into a teaching series of his own. He has said to his audience, here's how you get rid of enemies. You love them. Here's how you can forgive. Here's how you can make sure good words come out of your mouth. Watch what you're thinking about in your heart. He's just done a wonderful series. Then suddenly he stops. He's right near the end of his series, almost finished it. He stops and he asks a question of his audience. He says, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? That's like going to your boss saying, boss and boss, what are we going to do today? And he tells you the wonderful plans for the day, and then you go home and go to sleep. Just, Lord, Lord. If you call him Lord, then he's to be Lord. Because, and it shows up because you, you live your life doing what he says. You live your life under his lordship. 
Now, Jesus says, we're like one of two builders in the construction story. Here's his building story. He says, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built, but... Anyone who hears, here's the second group, anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Now, what do both houses that are built have in common? Well, watch this now. They both have the exact same potential to build something lasting. They both have the same tools and the same building materials. What are they? The teachings of Jesus. He's saying, if you're going to build your life, build it on this solid foundation. I care enough about you to explain how all the different areas of your life should go. So they both build houses They both have the same tools and building materials. They both have the same words of Jesus from his teaching series. What do they do different? Two things, foundation and outcome. One goes foundationless. The other one builds a foundation. I'm going to build my life on the teachings of Jesus. I'm going to build my life there. The other one says, no, I'm just... And notice, uh, Jesus doesn't even talk about the walls or the roof or the color of paint, or the stainless steel appliances. Doesn't, doesn't talk about any of that. It's just, it's just about the foundation. That's what he's concerned about. And the outcome couldn't be more different. And he's basically saying, I just taught you about relationships. Your friendships will only be as good as the foundation that you built them on. The outcome of your money is only going to be as good as the foundation, the philosophy you have for how you handle your money. Your words are only going to turn out as good as where they originate, which is in your heart. Let's get to the foundation, to the deepest part of you, to the bottom of this. Last week, um, my three-year-old grandson found a box of pictures of when I built uh, our cottage up in the Perry Sound area 20 years ago, uh, when most of these pictures were taken, and... uh, and Esther and I were up there last week, and this is what it looked like last week. <laughs> now, the only reason this structure is standing, there's no water right now, it's all shut off for the winter, and, uh, um, but the only reason it's standing when you go up there today is because of this. That's what it's built on. I like to say it's built on a piece of Canada. <laughs> Just on, the gra- on solid rock. And, uh, you know, I remember at this stage when I was putting in the foundation, thinking about this story of Jesus. And, and let me read the verse, all right, that I was thinking of. When Jesus says, when someone comes to me and listens to my teaching and then follows it, it is like someone building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. I think I was thinking about this. In that picture, it just looks like, yeah, I'm going to build this thing on, on solid rock. Now, usually when we hear this story of Jesus, though, what do we think of? 
we think of, okay, I'm going to get a good foundation in my Christian life, you know. Around here, it's like, oh, you took Alpha? Then take Next, because in Next, you're going to learn to talk to God in prayer. You're going to learn how to feed your soul from the, the Scriptures, and you're going to learn how to help others and let them help you as you journey with Jesus together with others. And then we say, oh, you, you took Alpha, you took Next. Now you have a solid foundation. That's a done deal. As the Irish say, done and dusted. It's complete. You, you, you just move on from there. You have a solid foundation, move on. And I don't want to leave this point without highlighting and underscoring something very significant, that is this. The reason why so many people have problems later in their following Jesus is because they didn't have a solid foundation when they got started. They haven't learned to talk to God and communicate in prayer. They haven't learned how to feed their soul from the scripture. They haven't learned how to do the journey with Jesus in community with others. And that, that's why they get into all kinds of problems. I don't want to leave this point without making sure every one of us is aware of the critical importance of having a solid foundation in your Christian life. You know, Canadian Tire advertisement a few years ago, they got it right. They said, funny how things turn, how things turn out depends on how you start. And so many times, how things turn out in our Christian life depends on whether or not we have a solid foundation. But Jesus is not just talking about that here. He asks the question, why are you calling me Lord, Lord, and you're not actively, currently doing what I said? It's not a matter of just having that new Christian foundation under you. It's a matter of what are you doing now with what I said, what I taught you. It's, he's not talking about starting in his teachings. He's talking about practicing his teachings every day. How many know his teachings are not a one-time download? I have all kinds of apps on my phone that I am very, very grateful for. And I use, but why am I grateful for them? Because I use them. The ones that I don't use, I'm not grateful for them because they, they don't help me. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, you, you can know my teachings, you can hear about them, they can be accessible to you in the Bible, but the only ones you're really going to be grateful for, the only ones that are going to be useful to you are the ones that you practice, the ones that you uh, put into your daily life. So, so this foundation... Jesus' teachings, it's not something for us to look back on. It's something that we do now and we look forward to doing in the future. So here's the first thing I'd like to get you praying about. I invite you to pray about this, about building your life out of the deepest rock-solid foundation. Don't, notice I didn't put in here, build your life on the deepest rock-solid foundation, but out of. Because it's something that we keep on doing. We keep on building our life. We all build our lives on someone's words, right? If you're online, who, who are you, whose words are you building your life on? In this room in Toronto, whose words are you building your life on? You know, we start out, we build our lives on significant people in our life, right? Usually parents, and then friends, 
And then the boss, or they have a family, we want to please them, and we, 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 they're, they're significant to us. It's interesting, though, that some people, what they wear, what they do, what they think, and where they go, it's all based on what other people think, and they end up at the end of their lives realizing, I lived my life according to what other people wanted instead of what God had for me to be and do. So significant people. Others, you know, it sort of graduates from that, and they... They build their lives on the words of someone they admire, a hero. What did uh, Matthew talk about earlier? You know, influencers. You know, oh, they say that? Then I should be doing that. That's what's cool. And, and, and it can happen in our educational world. It can happen, you know, in our work world. Oh, there's my hero. There's that admired person. There's that mentor. And I want to build my life according to the kind of outcome that they have. And we can learn so much from people. But some people, it just consumes their lives. They build their life in their workplace or their educational field or their, their sports, arts, entertainment, music, business. They've got that person. I will build my life on that. They end up being like Gloria. If your name's Gloria, don't worry, don't worry. She turns out all right here. <laughs> but Gloria just decided, I'm going to change the direction of my life. I'm going to eat better, exercise better. I'm going to think better. I'm going to make something of my life. And, and so she went out, and part of her exercise regime was to get a, a walk around her block and the area that she lived, and she made the walk longer every day. But every day she noticed there was this one looked like old guy up there on the porch just sitting there. And, and she just, as she's walking, she's thinking, you know, someday I should go up and ask that guy. He's got sort of a weathered face. Looks like he's seen a lot of life. I should ask him what his secret to his long, happy life is. And so she's walking. One day she just decides, you know what, I'm going to do it. She walked right up to the porch. He was sitting there and she looked at this old guy and she said, you know, what is the secret to your, your lasting, happy life? He said, oh, I don't know. He says, I drink a case of whiskey a week and smoke three packs a day and never exercise and I eat whatever I want. And Gloria's like, that's amazing. How old are you? 26, he said. <laughs> How many of you ever had someone you admire just put up in a pedestal? Oh, I'm going to blip. And then you, you know, I, I opened up the online Global Mail yesterday and a hero right here in Toronto just sort of, oh my goodness, that's what he, that's what his secret life was all about. You know, just, I will build my, whose words are you building your life on? Some people, it's religious beliefs, and that can be so admirable. I want to, you know, be disciplined, religious, and I want to do better, live a better life. And a lot of Canadians, a lot of people in the Western world, here's how they do religion these days. They, they do religion the same way that they would eat if they were at an all-you-can-eat buffet. I'll take a little bit of this. Oh, I like those, you know. I like this out of Buddhism, this out of Hinduism, this out of Christianity. I just like, oh, I'm not going to eat any. I don't want any of those. But I sure like that stuff. And that's the way they do it. Or, or they just sort of say, I'm not going to have anything to do with religion at all. Much like uh, a person I read uh, in Christianity Today, she was interviewed. This is a, an MIT uh, probably one of the most respected uh, 
Technical Institutes, maybe the most in the entire world, uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology professor. And, and she just tells her story. I'll just scan, I'll just skim through it. Uh, she's in grade school. She was straight A. Everyone knew her as the smart girl, you know, the smart one. And she said, I believe smart people didn't need religion. And early on, she declared herself an atheist. And then as she went to high school, she got money babysitting. And she said, one of my favorite families to babysit for was a young couple. They were very sharp people. The husband was a doctor. And one night after paying me my babysitting money, they invited me to church. She said, I was stunned. People this smart actually went to church? She told them, anyway, she had a stomachache. She couldn't go and on and on. Just let me skim further. And, and, and then one day the doctor said to her, he says, you know, he says, going to church is not what matters what most. What matters is, is who you believe in. Have you read the Bible? And she said, well, I figured if I was going to be an educated person, I needed to read the best-selling book of all time. So she said, I quietly bought a modern translation of the Bible called The Way. I read through the entire Bible. She said, I felt this strange sense of being spoken to. And I began to wonder whether there really might be a God. And then she began to explore religions and took a course in her gifted program that allowed her to study Buddhism, Hinduism, other faiths, visited temples, synagogues, mosques, and other holy places. But she said, but when I read the Bible, I didn't want to believe in God, but I still felt a peculiar sense of love and presence I could not ignore. Went to university in the first year, a friend invited her to church. Let me skip some. Sunday, the pastor talked about the difference between believing there is a God and then following God. He asked the question, who is Lord of your life? He discussed what happened when you as a human being put yourself on that throne instead of Jesus. At the end of the service, I prayed, Jesus Christ, I ask you to be Lord of my life. She says, my world changed dramatically as if a flat black and white existence suddenly turned full color and three-dimensional. And I lost nothing of my urge to seek new knowledge. I began to ask even tougher questions about how the world works. Then jumped to today. She says, today I'm a professor at the top university in my field. I have incredible colleagues who have helped me translate my lab research into difference-making products, including a smartwatch that helps caregivers save the lives of people with epilepsy. And, and she goes on. Here's how she ends her article. She ends with these words. I once thought I was too smart to believe in God. Now I know I was an arrogant fool who snubbed the greatest mind in the cosmos. The author of all science, mathematics, art, and everything else there is to know. Today, I walk humbly, having received the most undeserved grace. I walk with joy alongside the most amazing companion anyone could ever ask for, filled with desire to keep learning and exploring. How many know she, she found that solid foundation? She found what you were made to build your life upon. The words, not somebody else's idea of what your life should be, not even a religious view of what your life should be, but, but upon Jesus, the God who left heaven to, to, to give his life for us. Now, Jesus uses another word. We're in Luke this year, and later on in Luke, you will find that Jesus, it's page 148 in your Jesus Project book, Jesus uses a term for building that he would have been very familiar with for th from his years of building, we don't use it today. 
Jesus looked at them and said, then what does this scripture mean? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Jesus has just told a story about how they've rejected prophets and they've rejected the son. He told a story about that. And he said, that's what you guys are doing. But, but he says, what happens if uh, you're, you guys are wrong? You're building your life on something that's not true. You're rejecting Jesus. You're rejecting the stone, the cornerstone. Now, we, a cornerstone, here's the most important thing for you to know about the cornerstone. The cornerstone, if you were building in first century, it was, it was the first part of the foundation. It was the deepest and lowest. Everything else was built upon it. Matter of fact, if you put the cornerstone in the wrong place, everything else you build on top of it would be in the wrong place. If it wasn't on the level, everything would have to be corrected because it would not be on the level. It, 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 you see, if Jesus is put in his rightful place in our lives, everything we build will be, we'll have the potential for it to be put in its right place. Do you see that? But if we're putting somebody else's views or somebody else's teachings or if we're putting religion there, how many know none of those things are perfect? How, we sang this morning, holy, there is no one like you. None beside you. Listen, there is only one perfect one. His name is Jesus. So it just makes sense. Build your life upon a cornerstone. When you get in it, it in its rightful place, the cornerstone in its rightful place, everything else you build will have the potential to be put in its rightful place too. Isn't that great? Now, we don't talk about cornerstones, so when I built the uh, cottage up north, don't be distracted by these two muscular men. <laughs> this is the 18th row of logs, okay? You'd think, because after that, the roof goes on. you think we'd be um, celebrating and it is. reason You're at the 18th row. You're done the top now. You're at the end. Now the roof goes on. But that and this and this and this, none of these are the most important rows. You know where the most important one is? Ignore this guy taking a break with a dog sleeping on him. <laughs> that one. Because if that one's not in its rightful place, <laughs> the 18th row is certainly going to be in the wrong place. But if this is in the right place, everything else you build on it will be in the right place, right up to the 18th row. Jesus doesn't want anything to fall apart in your life. Relationships, finances. I mean, we can go through a trial and he'll get us through to the other side. But with the foundations there, we'll, we'll know, oh, there's hope. Even we can die and we know it's just a relocation experience. We go to heaven to be with Jesus. Because we're building everything in our lives on that foundation. But what Jesus is saying here is everything you go to build in your life in the future, align it with the cornerstone. All right? So that's the second thing I want to get you praying about. Align all you build in your life with your cornerstone. Now, your cornerstone is the only one who is perfect, right? So you, you've got perfection there in Jesus Christ. Why would you want to build your life on any other cornerstone, any other foundation than the best one, the perfect one, the one that loves you the most, the one that knows the most about every area of your life? Now, we, I, I, after um, or before moving into our condo where we live now, 
we lived in Scarborough in a house, and I built a shed out back, I built a deck, I built a fence, and the neighbors would get to know us, and they knew me as a bit of a, of a builder. And so one of my neighbors came over, he worked at Home Depot, and he said, hey, I want to tell you, I, I, Home Depot sent a circular round to all the staff that we were discontinuing a certain line of, of power tools. He said, so I went up to see the manager of the store and I bought a whole bunch of those power tools at greatly discounted prices. And he showed me them. He had put them in his garage on shelves. Years ago, years later, Murray passed away. I actually did his uh, funeral for, for him and the family. A few weeks later, saw them unloading stuff from the house, unpacking the garage. Guess what was in the garage? All those power tools still in their packages. Jesus is saying, don't leave what I teach you on the shelf. Don't leave the apps unopened if they're the most useful ones that would benefit your life the most. Don't leave them there. Use them. Align all you build in your life with your Cornerstone. So, we've been in the first series of the Jesus Project. How are we doing so far? Remember at the end of Pastor Jonathan's first message, Jesus 0 to 30, he said, let's pray about growing in Jesus this year. And we aligned ourselves to the cornerstone and said, Jesus, you're the one we want to grow to be like. You're the one. And then the next week we talked about Jesus at work. Do you remember? That's what this is out here for. Remember how we said a lot of people think, oh, Jesus you're going to be the God of my life. I'm going to read the Bible, go to church, and pray to you, especially when I'm in trouble. You're the Lord of the spiritual compartment of my life. But then the idea is, that's taking care of the religious part. I'll go live relationships, leisure, and work. I'll, I'll live them according to my will, according to what I want. And we came to understand when we saw Jesus at work that Jesus is worthy to be Lord of every area of our life. We also saw that the relationships, leisure, and work only are at their best when they follow the teachings of Jesus. Remember that? And we said, Jesus, you, it's not me here saying, you run the spiritual and I'll take care of these areas. We put Jesus on the throne and say, Jesus, I want all of these areas to be glorifying you. I want to follow what you teach in every area of my... So Jesus was the reference point for relationships, leisure, and work. He's a cornerstone. And then we talked about prayer. Remember the disciples in Luke, which is where we are for this year, they went from saying, Jesus, what are you doing praying? You could be helping people. To Luke 11, where they say, teach us to pray. Because they realized that what Jesus did in private determined how effective he was in public. Remember that? You know, sometimes people say, you don't, you're too busy to pray. Well, you're too busy not to pray. Because when you pray, when you're in private with Jesus, then you go out there and you're effective. Remember I showed you, I said, this hatchet costs twice as much as this one. This one's beveled on both sides. This one's only beveled on one side. And yet, if I had to go cut down a tree, I'd rather take this one. Why? Do you remember? Because when you weren't looking, <laughs> remember I cut through, I couldn't cut through the paper with this one, but I just sliced straight through it with that one. Why? Because when you weren't looking, when I was in private, what did I do to this one? I sharpened it, yeah. And you want to be sharp and effective in life. Do what Jesus did, you see? 
he spent time with his father. And then Pastor Jonathan taught about doing team. This is easy. Watch this. You have people that are, you know, not easy to accept, not easy to forgive, but you got to do team with them. Watch this. Forgive others as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So, Jesus, you forgive me. Now I have what it takes to forgive someone else. Do you see that? Accept one another as I have accepted you. Jesus, I'm accepted even though I mess up and I'm not worthy. Because you accept me, I have what it takes to accept someone else. Do you see that? Jesus becomes the cornerstone, the reference point. I don't just leave him as a foundation and then go on and say, well, I got the solid foundation, Jesus Christ. I'm going to go on and live there. No, no, no. I keep going back and saying, how does this area of my life align with the cornerstone, Jesus Christ, the only one who got it right all the time and teaches me how to do it. You know, next week, we're going to be in a series. Pastor John's going to start us off talking about the Pharisees, the objectionable people. Then I'm going to talk about the unpleasable people. How many have people in your life that no matter what you do, don't smile or say amen right now. And then there's the um, manipulative people. And then I'm going to talk about the rejectable people. People are so easy just to, to reject them. And you know what's going to help us have a whole new way of dealing with all four groups of people is we're going to look to Jesus and say, Jesus, how did you handle them? I can learn from you. Can you imagine a whole year of doing this, looking to Jesus weekend after weekend? By the end of 2020, we will have the potential to become more and more like Jesus. Man, some of you, I won't even know who you are. <laughs> We're all going to change. What potential there is for every one of us this year. Because listen, you don't know what you're going to face in the future. You know what you're going to face. You know, I, I love what uh, a, a Christian who is facing cancer, and they went to the best probably in the world, the Mayo Clinic, to try and get some medical help. And uh, they did help them out, but they, realized, they came to terms with that they had cancer that is so feared by so many people. And they put this notice on the bulletin board at the Mayo Clinic. Listen to this. Cancer is limited. It cannot cripple love. It cannot shatter hope. Cancer cannot corrode faith. It cannot eat away peace. It cannot destroy confidence. It cannot kill friendships. It cannot shut out memories. It cannot silence courage. It cannot invade the soul. It cannot reduce eternal life. It cannot quench the Holy Spirit. And it cannot lessen the power of the resurrection. Isn't that great? See, that's taking what people fear most times, cancer, and saying, what does cancer look like when I align it with my cornerstone, Jesus Christ? Oh, none of us know what we're going to face in the future of our lives, the rest of 2020. But how many, how many are hearing Jesus say this? Whatever areas of your life you align to my teachings and you build them on perfection, whatever areas you constantly align to the chief cornerstone, those areas, listen, you're going to face floods and storms, but when they are done 
bashing against the foundation of your life, you will still be standing strong because the cornerstone is still in its rightful place perfect place, and you have built your life upon the most solid and lasting of all foundations, Jesus Christ. And so you'll be standing strong, saying, no weapon formed against me is going to outlast me. I'm standing on the eternal one, Jesus Christ. Nothing that happens in this life, nothing will be able to separate me from the love of God that is mine in Christ Jesus. So I stand strong in him. How many want to live a future like that? Lasting fruitfulness, amen? Let's pray about this. And as we pray, here's how our prayer time is going to work today. In a few moments, I'm going to invite the prayer team to come. And anyone that's in this room that's going through a storm or floods are coming against your life, have someone pray together with you. If you're online... There are people there right now that'll give you just instructions where to go. And there's people there that are just considered a privilege if you're online just to pray with you about the storm that you're going through in your life right now. So that's going to happen in a few moments. But, but first of all, how many online or in this room in Toronto, you're saying, I've been building my life according to my words or somebody else's words. I basically have a shaky foundation, a mixed foundation, or I'm foundationless. But today I'm deciding to build my life on the most solid of all foundations, upon the God who made me, loves me. And when I messed up, he came to give me a second chance. And I'm going to build my life on the one that loves me the most, that sacrificed his life to change me. And to give me heaven. How, how many How many? you say, Pastor Keith, if you prayed right now, I, I, I would like to pray along with you and invite Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Let, let me just give you a prayer, one sentence at a time, and give you a chance just to whisper it right where you are at home or in a hotel or right here in this church building. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. I ask you, Jesus, to be my Savior. To cleanse me from all the wrongs and sins that I've done. And to keep cleansing me as I grow in you. Sometimes I'll stumble and fall. But then I want to get back right up again. Standing on the firm foundation, Jesus Christ. So I invite you into my life to be my Lord. I want to follow you all the days of my life, right into heaven when I die. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Savior and Lord. Oh, if you prayed that with me, I just encourage you, take the next step. Those that are praying with me online, They'll let you know some, you know, make sure you get a, co a copy of the gospel, the story of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke is the one we're studying right now. Learn about Jesus. Grow in him. Learn to pray to him. If you're in the church community here, take the next course. Build that solid foundation. Learn the first things first. Be praying for you this week as you follow Jesus. But how many are already a follower of Jesus, but just say, Pastor Keith, I'm thinking of the decision I'm making right now. Could be about a relationship, could be work or studies, could be personal, 
it could be any area of your life, and you're saying, you know, I, I really, I'm, I'm going according to my words or somebody else's words, and I'm making a decision to say, I want that area of my life to be built on what Jesus says about it. What Jesus says about it. No, no one knows more about it than him, and no one cares more about me than he does. So it's a safe trust to say, Jesus, I trust you with that. How many are just taking an area of your life and you're saying, okay, Jesus, you know the decision. You know where I'm at. I'm being honest with you. And Jesus, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this area of my life upon your teachings, upon the solid foundation that you are to me. Jesus, help people, I pray. As a matter of fact, let's, let's just sing a song that allows us to say that's what we're doing. Just take whatever it is now and just say, I will build my life upon your love. It's the, it's the sure foundation. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.